Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Golden Point Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Foster. On today's show, it's just me and Jonathan. Whenever the fantasy football segment comes about, he will also have a surprise in store for that as he will uh, as he has graciously graciously accepted the uh, invitation I've laid out to him to make the predictions along with myself so that'll be a fun time but that'll be a little later on but it's just me on this week of Thanksgiving been a busy week it's been hard to you know get around and talking about sports, but that's okay. Here we are, talking about sports. Talking about things that uh, that we all love. And first, first things first is, of course, the recap, the review of Week 12 of the NFL season. It started Thursday night with a game between the Texans and the Colts. This was a good old-fashioned divisional game. And both of these play, both of these teams fighting for their chance to win the AFC South and uh, and positioning in the playoffs. Both teams are set up to where they both can make the playoffs, which is great. Even better for the Colts because the Texans won that game 20 to 17. Now, as a Titans fan, it actually helps them if since the Texans won. But that's beside the point. Uh, this AFC South battle is going to heat up over the next few weeks. And, uh, you know, this coming in week, you got the Colts and the Texans playing one another. Or the Colts and the Titans playing one another, sorry. Um, just a really, really good division. Really, um, it's a really, it's a better division than what it used to be, that's for sure. It used to be probably, what, one of the weakest in the league. And now I think it's one of the toughest. Um, nonetheless, is there a Super Bowl champion out of that? I don't know. It's going to be hard to beat the Ravens. Uh, it's going to be hard to beat the Patriots. Um, that defense is just stellar. The offense is sluggish. But uh, we'll see how they fare as the Texans take on the Patriots this week. But nonetheless, we'll get to that. Uh, the game was good, though, I, I thought. I mean, you know, at the end of it... There was a fumble by Deshaun Watson. It clearly, to me, it was clearly a fumble. I I think the problem is is that it clearly wasn't. It clearly you could not clearly see that it was recovered by the defense, like by Darius Leonard. Now, if it would have been, they would have been in great position to at least go down and get a field goal, tied up, going to overtime, and you never see, you never know what would happen from there. Granted, they might have made it to the end zone. Who knows, right? But nonetheless, the Texans get the win, fumble or not. Browns versus Dolphins. Uh, This is kind of a throwaway game. Great look by the Browns, though. The Browns look like they are clicking on all cylinders. Now, granted, they did play the Dolphins. So I don't know how big of a... How much you can truly... Oh, excuse me. How much you can truly 
um, look at this and say, oh, well, the Browns, you know, they're finally, their offense is finally kicking in. But they have looked better ever since Kareem Hunt came back. Uh, he gives them another weapon out of the backfield. And, um, you know, we'll talk fantasy football later with Jonathan. And, uh, hey, you know, Kareem Hunt, he's a PPR machine, that's for sure. Uh, points per reception, if anyone wanted to know that. If you don't play fantasy football, which I think most of you probably do, because why wouldn't you, right? Anyways, Lions versus Redskins game. Um, Browns got that win over the Dolphins, 41-24, by the way. Uh, Dolphins eh, seemed like a little too much, a little too much scoring, but, um, you know, garbage time, I assume. Redskins-Lions game. I was a little surprised by this game. Um, You know, I really thought the Lions would win this game, but uh, the Redskins pulled it out. Dwayne Haskins got his first win as a as an NFL quarterback, a starting NFL quarterback, and um, well, he missed the victory kneel down because he was taking selfies with fans. Now, granted, hey, it's great to be fan friendly, but maybe you can do that after the game is over. Eh. Maybe that's just me though. Raiders versus. Jets. This game was. I don't know. Surprising. Listen, the Jets believe that they still have a chance at the playoffs. Okay, and and granted, they're not out of it. They're not officially been ruled out of it or anything. But they just hurt the Raiders' chances of going to the playoffs. The Jets ran all over the Raiders. I'm telling you, I'm tired. It's been a busy week. Anyways, the Jets ran all over the Raiders 34-3. to I don't know if this was a time because, you know, it's the Northeast, it's cold, uh, it's a West Coast team coming to the Northeast where it is cold, where, you know, they just weren't prepared for this kind of weather, for this kind of game. I don't know what it, what it was with the Raiders, but if you're expecting to make the playoffs... Uh, you know the you know the whole the old press conference where um, I can't think of his name, but he but he says playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Yeah, if the Raiders want to make the playoffs, um, yeah, they can't have performances against a team like the Jets like that. Thirty forty three, um, that's unacceptable. And, uh, but hey, you know, they faced the Chiefs this week. I don't know if I necessarily expect them to bounce back, but, uh, yeah. Giants versus Bears. Hey, this game, um, you know, from the highlights that I watched, maybe it was a little more interesting than I thought it would be. Yeah. Again, I tell you what. Anyways, the Bears, I predicted them to win this game. And um, they did. They won it. And it's really all I can really say. I mean, the Bears, they their playoff chances are, are, are slim to none. Um, but the Giants, uh, they don't have any playoff hopes. I wouldn't think. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, this is... Um, you know, Daniel Jones, he, he, I think he fared okay uh, against a very good defense that is the Chicago Bears. Uh, Saquon Barkley, when is he going to get back on track? I mean, 
the Bears have allowed a lot of rushing yards over the last few weeks, and you would think if anybody can rush on them, it'd be Shaquan Barkley, but I just, I don't know, you know, maybe he's just, you know, having a sophomore slump, and uh, you can only hope, uh, as some people have called him the next Barry Sanders, and honestly, I don't necessarily disagree with him. Well, I wouldn't disagree with him last year. This year, I'd be like, well, maybe not. But moving on to the Saints-Panthers game, the Saints had full control of this game, and then they let the Panthers come back. Now, the Saints won this game 34-31, to but, you know, it took a it took a missed field goal by the Panthers. Um, give the Saints a chance, I believe it was, and then the Saints went down. They scored a field goal. They won the game. Um, this is uh, the Panthers were fighting for their for well, they're definitely their divisional hopes, but uh, their playoff hopes as well. Uh, as the NFC is just packed full of great teams this year, I love seeing it. I really do. I mean, my teams in the AFCs in the AFC um, where you know they have uh, more of a shot, but honestly, if they were in the NFC, I, I'd feel I don't know how I'd feel right now. I definitely feel. I definitely not feel as comfortable. That's for sure. Uh, but the Panthers, um, they they fought hard, um, and I, I think that, that Kyle Allen. I mean, you know, he's had a couple of setbacks, but um, he done good in this game, and he's got the Redskins this week. He should be able to do good again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how. I don't know necessarily how to feel about this game. Um, because I want to feel like the Saints, you know, they won it, but was it? Did it look better for the Panthers or for the Saints? You know, um, it's a divisional game, so usually they're always close. But nonetheless, you had the Seahawks and Eagles playing one another. Uh, this game was one of those games where it truly showed that whatever it was that Carson Wentz had a couple of years ago. When he was a front runner, front runner for the MVP, yeah, he doesn't have that anymore. So I don't know if they're gonna be able to find it. They played the Dolphins this week, so maybe they, maybe he can. But yeah, I mean, I just expected more. Um, I expected more points out of the Eagles. Um, I didn't expect the Seahawks defense to keep him at nine points. I know he's got some injuries and whatnot, so I don't blame it all on Carson Wentz. But, but man, you know, the Eagles, their defense is looking better, um, a lot better than it was before. And uh, the Eagles, they still got a chance to win the NFC East. I definitely I definitely don't know how good of a chance they have of winning, the, of winning a wild card spot, but <coughs> sorry, I don't have a cough button. As they say in the uh, very professional world, uh, podcasting, radio, and whatnot. Anyways, the Eagles—they're still—they're sticking around. Um, and the Cowboys—they need to watch out. We'll talk about the Cowboys in just a minute, but still, Buccaneers, Falcons. Uh, yeah, you know what? If you started Matt Ryan in fantasy football this week because you thought he was a a surefire, if you start him in, in you know in in DFS uh, daily fantasy. Um, daily fantasy and whatnot. If you started him in stuff like that, you'd be really disappointed. 
Um, and this is a game, you know, the Falcons, they started one and seven. They had a couple wins in a row. You thought, you thought, oh, great. You know, maybe, um, maybe, just maybe they can try to make more of a run and, uh, their playoff hopes, uh, most likely all done for, but then you go in, you lose to the Buccaneers, and yeah, you can kiss to the playoffs goodbye, I think, I believe. Broncos versus Bills, a uh, good win for the Buccaneers, even if it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, uh, Javis Winston didn't look too bad, and you never know. Maybe he's, maybe he's trying his best to at least secure a franchise tag, but I think that with their position in the draft that they're most likely going to have, uh, there's no reason why you don't take a quarterback. Broncos-Bills game. Uh, the Bills defense just shut down the Broncos offense, and I don't know how much it takes to actually do something like that on reality. But, listen, uh, Frank Gore, the biggest thing out of that came out of this game, Frank Gore passed Barry Sanders to become number three all-time in rushing yards. That's amazing. And awesome. And uh, congrats to him. The Bills only scoring 20 on the Broncos. I mean, I know the Broncos don't have a bad defense, but, you know, when you only allow three points, you know, you're expecting to get the ball a lot and you expect to maybe score more than 20. But, hey, nonetheless, a win is a win. And uh, 20 to 3 is better than 10 to 3, better than 6 to 3, you know, better than 13 to 3, better than 17 to 3. Um, 20 to 3. Steelers, Bengals. It took Duck, Dalvin Duck Hodges to come into the game in order to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. And because of that, because Mason Rudolph, he's horrible. He truly is. He is not the answer. He's not the future for the Steelers. That's for sure. I don't even know how good of a backup he truly is. If if Doug Hodges can somehow lead this team to the playoffs, I think Doug Hodges is the next man up. And uh, and your good old Mason Rudolph, heck, he may be joining a guy by the name of Landry Jones, the uh, the longtime backup to Ben Roethlisberger there in Pittsburgh. As a quarterback in the XFL, they both have kind of the same, um, kind of the same attributes and whatnot. Except for I don't think Landry Jones was in there ever hitting the head with a helmet. Anyways, they play the Browns this week, so that'll be interesting. Titans Jaguars. This game was a. This game was a. It wasn't a blowout until third third quarter, really, but. If you watch this game, watched highlights of this game, whatever it may be, read commentary on it, whatever it may have been, listen to it, okay? Um, the Jaguars got a couple of lucky breaks, and uh, it stopped the Titans in the first half. I think this should have been a blowout from the beginning. But, uh, yeah, Derrick Henry, listen, he's going to make the entire Jaguar, ja- he's going to make the entire Jaguar species go extinct. I'm telling you that right now. Derrick Henry, he is a he he owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. And fun fact, he's actually from that area. So he probably grew up a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. And and even if he didn't, 
uh, well, um, the Jaguars are not a fan of his, that's for sure. Nonetheless, great win by the Titans, and they're red hot right now. All right, we'll get down to our three big games here. The Cowboys-Patriots game. Jason Garrett, why did you not go for it on fourth down? I, I get it. I, I get it. I do. I get it. You, you, you think that you can, you know, you trust your defense to stop them, get the ball back. You were at the closest that you've been, like, almost all day long, and you sit there and you don't take the opportunity to get a to to get a touchdown but instead you take a field goal. I disagree with the play call. I see where he's coming from. But Jason there's things out there that make people great coaches. Bill Belichick's one of those. But there's also things out there that make people bad coaches. And I'm sorry, but I really think, I don't think that Jason Garrett's a bad coach, but I think his time is up with the Dallas Cowboys. And honestly, hot take, hot take time, alert, alert the masses, hot take time. I think that if, I think that if the Buffalo Bills beat the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday in the mid, in the mid card game, on Thanksgiving Day, Jason Garrett may not have a job. He truly may not. The Patriots offense continues to struggle because the, the Cowboys defense is not that great. And, uh, I mean, it's not, it's middle of the pack, I guess. Um, I mean, it's probably lower than, it may be closer to lower than that. But nonetheless, the Patriots offense is struggling. Now, granted, there's some injuries and whatnot, but uh, they look like they really needed Gronk to come back, and um, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Uh, I think it's actually past the time for him to actually come back. So, yeah. Packers, 49ers, 37-8 to was your score. The 49ers showed everybody and their mothers that they were absolutely to be taken seriously. They were absolutely, absolutely true contenders in this game. And they showed them. The Packers don't ever need to play in California. Okay, if, if the Packers have to play a game in California, whether that be against the 49ers or if the Rams possibly turn it around, I doubt that though, but still. If they play another game in California, if they have to play in the playoffs, if they have to go to San Fran, they obviously can't play in California. That, that's obvious. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers, like, I don't know, sees his family or something. Maybe that throws him off. I, I don't know. But anyways, Packers didn't look good. 49ers looked even better, though. Uh, yeah. Ravens-Rams, another blowout win. For the Ravens against a not a horrible team in the Rams. I mean, Jared Goff didn't throw a touchdown in in all of November, but uh, yeah, I don't know. The Lamar Jackson, the marvelous Jackson is what I call him, and uh, he's great. He's great. He is uh, he is the best, or he's not the best, but he is uh, he is the top MVP cal- cal- uh, MVP 
contender, the top MVP vote getter, uh, in my opinion. And if the season ended today, he would be the MVP in my book. Um, I'm hoping he can stay healthy. I actually, I, I may be one of the few who believe he can because he, he, he's, he takes his chance. He doesn't take a whole lot of chances. He's safe when he runs. And that's, and that's a big deal. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, in my opinion, Lamar Jackson should be getting, should be getting paid what Jared Goff is getting paid. And Jared Goff may be getting, should be getting paid what Lamar Jackson's getting paid. But uh, that's a different story for a different day, I guess. All right, when it comes to week 13, Jonathan and I will actually talk about them more in the fantasy football segment, which is up next. All right, folks, it is time for a little fantasy football because what goes better than some fantasy football than, you know, well, what, what goes better when you're talking about a good Thanksgiving week, then some fantasy football is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Nonetheless, with me as always is the one and only Mr. Fantasy Football 101 himself. You can find him on Facebook at Fantasy Football 101. Jonathan Nardone. Jonathan, how you doing today, buddy? I'm great, Robert. How about yourself? I'm already getting hungry, man. I, right, uh, me too. And I mean, I'm doing good, but I'm going to be doing a lot better over the next couple of days. That's for sure. Oh, oh absolutely. Because, well, I love, have... love, some, love some early Thursday football. That's going to be great. That 1230 yeah. game. Remember, you have that early lineup, so watch your, watch your lineups. I, um, I'm, I'm so excited. for. I mean, I'm just excited for the football. Uh, I don't know how many players that you can really play out of the uh, – out with the when it comes to the Bears and the Lions, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that Bears I, defense definitely looks appealing this week. Um, you know, they, they definitely have it – the ability to win it themselves. Uh, Driscoll him, was sacked six times last week, and even though Mac himself doesn't lead the league in sacks or putting up any kind of crazy numbers like that, he does lead the league in forced fumbles uh, with with five. So that defense is definitely somebody that I'd be worth playing this week. Hey, you never know. In this game, he may be able to actually, you know, retake the lead in sacks. So I doubt it, but hey, you never know, right? But, Absolutely. But nonetheless, all right, let's talk a little fantasy football. You, you spoke about Jeff Driscoll. I'm assuming that he is not a streaming option at quarterback this week. Not this week. He's talking about his hamstring still being pretty sore. Again, like I mentioned, sacked six times last week through three interceptions. Uh, definitely not his best showing yet. I personally would look elsewhere. Uh, a Ryan Fitzpatrick possibly this week if available against the Eagles, even though they've gotten healthier on that back end. Their secondary is still torturable at times. And Fitzpatrick has some really juicy matchups over the next four weeks. Eagles this week, the Jets secondary, who have played well, but still, again, are easily to manipulate and and very well to be able to be beaten. And then the Giants and then the Bengals to finish off the the fantasy playoffs. So Ryan Fitzpatrick is definitely somebody worth streaming. He's thrown multiple touchdowns in four of seven full games that he's played. Uh, he's thrown for at least 280 yards, 200 in three of those seven games, and 250 yards in five of those seven games. So he's definitely somebody worth streaming this week over uh, a draft, Jeff Driscoll, or even a for whatever reason. I would definitely go Fitzpatrick, even a Kirk Cousins if you have that option. 
Uh, that's definitely somebody that needs to be started this week with how he's played going against Seattle. We'll move to Monday night. Um, he's been on fire in the last seven weeks, leading the Vikings to six and one. Uh, he's thrown 18 touchdowns to just one interception in those seven games with multiple touchdowns, at least three touchdowns thrown in six of those seven games. So definitely a Ryan Fitzpatrick is a good streaming option this week. And Kirk Cousins is a solid stardom of the week. Okay. All right. And by the way, Kirk Cousins, I mean, with how well he's been doing, I, he definitely should be more than a streaming quarterback, I think, in my opinion. Oh, you know, I, I, think, I, I think if he's still available in your league, like, I guess the question would be, how big's your league and how truly competitive is it? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely more so a stardom of the week this week. Again, if for whatever reason he is available, pick him up because there should not be a reason he's available. You know, right. and somebody that I would kind of be wary of this week because of how he has played. My sit of the week is Jared Goff. Even though he's going against the Cardinals, which is a, a fantastic matchup, each of the last three quarterbacks have thrown no less than three touchdowns against them. And they've actually allowed all quarterbacks except for one this year to throw multiple touchdowns. So there's a good chance for Goff to have a solid game this week, but he himself has only thrown 11 touchdowns in 12 games. He's only got four multiple touchdown games. He's now gone three weeks straight without throwing a touchdown or reaching 250 yards passing. So many better options out there. I would definitely go with Sam Darnold at Cincinnati. Uh, we mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Eagles, Kyle Allen against the Redskins, even a Ryan Tannehill this week against the tough Colts defense still has more upside, I believe, of a consistent number than Jared Goff. Jared Goff, uh, he is showing that he is definitely not worth the money that he was paid. Um I don't know what the Rams plan on doing with him. I'm sure that Maffei probably blames it on the old line and the injuries to the wide receivers and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But, hey, nonetheless. All right, if that's it for the quarterbacks, let's jump gonna, to running backs. Yeah, man. We're going to start with Le'Veon Bell uh, against the Bengals, who have been terrible this year, uh, unfortunately. Sorry, Bengals fans. But the Jets have played fantastic since coming off their bye. They've scored 34 points in back-to-back weeks after playing terrible to start the year. They failed to score 24 or more points in 10 weeks. I believe it was one time they scored 24 points in those 10 games. Um, and, And with how the Bengals have allowed opposing running backs to really just destroy them, Benny Snell last week came in. 21 carries for 98 yards. That's a solid game. And then weeks before, Josh Jacobs, 23 carries for 112 yards. Mark Ingram had a small workload because Baltimore blew him out. He only had nine carries for 34 yards, but he scored. And then the week you know, prior to that, four weeks ago, was Todd Gurley. So 10 carries, 44 yards, and a touchdown. So the Bengals are definitely beatable on the run. And Le'Veon Bell, with how the, Bengal, with how the Jets have played, have the ability to jump out to an early lead and see – Bell featured early. So Bell is definitely a must start this week. Uh, Somebody that I like to go would go to that Tennessee Indianapolis game with Jonathan Williams with how he's played filling in for Marlon Mack. He's now seen 20 plus carries in back-to-back weeks. He's seen over a hundred yards in back-to-back weeks and 29 total touches. He saw last week. Uh, If he's still available, he's a must add in your league as well as a must start this week because of what the, Titans have allowed to opposing running backs last week. They allowed Fournette 24 carries, 97 yards, two touchdowns, as well as nine catches for 62 yards. 
Damian Williams the week before, 19 carries, 77 yards, five catches for 32 yards. And then we do know that Christian McCaffrey beats everybody up, but he did have 146 yards and two touchdowns on 24 carries, as well as another touchdown uh, receiving. So the Titans have not been able to contain running backs. And Jonathan Williams has shown that his involvement is not only just in the early downs, but he's also going to be somebody that can catch the ball out of the backfield. So Jonathan Williams is definitely a hot commodity this week. Somebody that I highly recommend rolling as a number two. If you can get him as a flex, that's, that's even better. All right. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Williams is a guy who I am actually uh, very interested in starting in uh, DFS this week. So, oh, yeah. um, uh, yeah, he's a, eh, you know, I, now granted we are talking about my Titans here, but um, you know, they did give it up to Fournette last week, but you know, the, the, the first game was, you know, not so much, but the, but here lately the run game has been, the run defense has not been as good, um, you know, just some injuries and whatnot. But nonetheless, uh, is that it for the running backs? I have, I have two home run swings. Uh, okay. Options that give really, uh, they're low end flex options, but they have a, a really high ceiling above them. And it's Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson this week. Uh, going against the Carolina Panthers. Now the Panthers have a league, have allowed a league high 19 rushing touchdowns this year to running backs with 15 coming in the last eight weeks, just running backs off the top of, again, a, a quick list Latavius Murray last week, seven carries for 64 yards and a touchdown. He's considered the number two. And then you go back and you look at other number ones that have done well being Aaron Jones, Derek Henry and Tevin Coleman. Uh, Jones had three touchdowns and 93 yards. Henry had 63 yards and a touchdown and Coleman himself had 105 yards and three touchdowns. Number two running backs. If you look at that, which would be the Latavius Murray, Jamal Williams and Raheem Mostert have all had success as well. Murray 64 yards and a touchdown. Jamal Williams had 68, 68 yards and 13 carries and Raheem had 60 yards and a touchdown as well. So there's a good chance that both of these running backs at some point have a decent production and a, a decent week as a solid low end flex option. Wouldn't trust them any more than that because we saw last week, they both had 10 carries. Well, 10 carries is definitely something that's capable for both of them. And as, as I mentioned, none of the running backs that I just listed had more than 13 carries. So if both of these guys get 10 touches, there's a good chance both of them score against how bad this Panthers defense has been. All right. All right. So I assume we're ready to move to wide receivers. Let's do it. Um, All right. Talked earlier about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm going to now talk about Devontae Parker again. Uh, I've mentioned him the past few weeks, and he's playing against the Eagles, who we've talked about have really been bad overall, completely destroyed against number one wide receivers. And since the Preston Williams injury three weeks ago, Parker has seen his target share increase and has now seen 10 targets, at least 10 targets in each of the last three games. Uh, they had two other wide receivers for Miami get injured last week, which helped kind of lead him into those targets as well. But he's had five receptions, at least five receptions in five of the last six games. He's had 55 plus yards in nine of 11 games this year. And as mentioned, he's had at least 10 targets in three weeks in a row. So Devontae Parker is definitely somebody worth rolling with as a number two. I like him over guys like Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, even a Robert Woods this week, even though they have a juicy matchup against the, the Cardinals. As I mentioned, golf's playing terribly. 
Fitzpatrick's playing well. I would definitely go Parker over those guys. Um, and then <clears throat> I'd like to move into the Dallas Buffalo game, another Thanksgiving game. It's actually a revenge game for Cole Beasley, who has played very well and extremely quietly. Uh, somebody that has played under the radar that could still be available in your league, actually. But he's recorded at least 74 yards and or a touchdown in five of the last six games. Uh, he's got four touchdowns over that span. And he's produced 70-plus yards or a touchdown in seven of 11 games this season. So the Cowboys have been stout against wide receivers. They have been a little more lenient to slot receivers than outside receivers. And we just saw Julian Edelman have a productive game last week for eight catches and 93 yards. So I definitely feel confident rolling with Beasley this week as a low-end number two or a flex option or number three wide receiver this week. Okay. All right. And, you know, you were you were saying about Devontae Parker. Um, and, of course, I don't want to cut you off there. But at the beginning of the season, could you imagine ever saying that Devontae Parker would do, would do a better – like you would pick Devontae Parker over, over a Cooper Cup or a Brandon Cooks or a, even a Robert Woods – it's just I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a testament to how far they've fallen, or how far Devontae Parker has, I guess, become the number one option for Ryan Fitzpatrick and the uh, mighty mighty Dolphins. I mean, he's definitely risen. He's shown in the past few years we've had he's had potential. He is a, a good wide receiver, and we were hoping when he and Stills were those one and two that would have given the Dolphins a solid options, you know, chain mover as well as a down the field stretcher. But, you know, Parker's finally kind of coming into his own. And it's, I think, with Fitzpatrick. You know, we saw last year with Fitzpatrick, Mike Evans was a solid option as well, simply because he likes that big target. He likes that bullish target, being able to lead a guy. And he knows that his target's going to go up and get the ball um, with some jump passes. And Fitzpatrick is willing to take those gambles. So, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have taken Devontae Parker earlier over like a Cooper Cup or Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods drafting-wise. And even though these guys have had their – streaks where they've all done well Cooper Cup was fantastic the beginning of the year and then it's completely fallen off um Devontae Parker has been that consistent and productive receiver that is almost worth taking at this point because you know what point you're going to get with him rather than taking the gamble on Cup where he might give you 212 yards and a touchdown or he gives you 53 yards or less which is what he's done in four of the last five games so there's there's a really big upside with some of those guys but personally, I like the floor level that Parker brings, knowing that he's going to at least produce 75, 80 yards and then still give you that potential to be a number one red zone, uh, down number one red zone target down inside there for a Dolphins team that you know is going to have to throw. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, and is that – Yeah. Do you have another wide receiver? I do. I have, I mean, DJ Moore has quietly played well the past four games as well. Uh, he's had at least 95 yards or more in those four games. He's had a hundred plus yards in three of those four games. He's only had one touchdown in that span, um, or excuse me, two touchdowns in that span. He only has three touchdowns on the season. He had one touchdown in the first 11 games. Um, so it's nice to see that Allen looked his way. 
the Redskins have allowed four touchdowns to number one wide receivers in the last three games. So that's a good thing going four more. Even though they don't really throw the ball that often down inside the red zone. They just hand the ball to McCaffrey. But DJ Moore is definitely somebody worth rolling with as a solid number two. If you've held on to him this long, he's, he's going to pay off at least for the rest of the year. Okay. All right. And um, DJ Moore, you know, we thought that he would, uh, well, most people thought that he would be the, uh, not the, I guess not the breakout wide receiver for Carolina. It would be, um, oh goodness, Samuel. now he's he's escaped my yeah. mind now. But we were thinking it was going to be Samuel. Yeah, yeah. We knew Moore was going to be a solid and productive member, but we thought it was going to be the slot receiver. I thought it was definitely going to be more Samuel this year, seeing the five to seven catches. But we also didn't anticipate. Newton going down early and him struggling as as much as they did early in the year. So there was a lot of factors that went into it this year that, of course, now we have so many young quarterbacks that are starting that we didn't have at the beginning of the year. So, Okay. All right. Um, is that it for the wide receivers? Yeah, let's move on to tight ends. I got Jared Cook for the Saints has been fantastic in the past five games even though we really dogged him earlier in the year, especially now that he's been back, he had eight combined receptions for 90 yards through week weeks one through four, you know? So definitely if you held on to cook and you just kind of played that other option or, or streamed tight end and still held on to him, he's going to pay off for you. Now he's had 70 plus yards and or a touchdown in five games straight. Uh, he's definitely one of, Drew Brees is top targets now that he's back and he played well a little he played a couple of games really well with Teddy Bridgewater as well but now that you get Brees back going against Atlanta it's definitely a potential shootout <clears throat> excuse me and the Falcons have struggled last week really bad against Winston which we kind of anticipated they did sh- shut down Brees a few weeks ago so I'm kind of expecting uh revenge okay uh Jerry Cook. Then, oh yeah, yeah sorry well I was just going to say No you're good cuz a guy you know, you know, he, he had a couple of injury concerns and then the bye week came along and, and, you know, he's a guy that maybe people dropped and whatnot. Uh, I know I, I've had a, uh, in a couple of leagues, I didn't grab him, but I, I've seen a couple of other teams, you know, they grabbed him and, uh, and he's, you know, uh, he's fixed their, uh, tight end woes. And the guy, I, I know of one team, uh, you know, um, in particular who, who dropped him and, and he's having a lot of tight end issues. He's having to really, you know, stream tight ends and whatnot. Uh, I think he's, I think he's going to go with uh, Jack Doyle this week, but you might talk about him. But anyways, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, other than Jared Cook, um, Doyle was going to be the next option simply because Ebron being out for the rest of the season, looking like he's going to end up having surgery. That's going to move Doyle into an every down role. And we saw what happened last year when Doyle went down and Ebron got pushed into that role. There's a good chance that we he almost doubles what he's seeing target wise, snap wise, there's a really good shot that Doyle becomes somebody that can end up being one of those late additions in the year that can help win out championships at this point. Um, He's definitely somebody that's worth adding. uh, And I would take the gamble this week against the Titans simply because of how poorly they've played against tight ends as well. We've talked about their linebacker core not being up to date. And unfortunately with some injuries that they've had, it's, it's definitely something worth taking a gamble on for sets played better. Well, the, the Titans linebacker core, it is, I mean, it's healthy now, uh, but at the same time, 
the tight end position is <laughs> I I can't tell you how long they've been. They they have struggled against the tight end position. I mean, uh, a couple of it always brings me back to and I, I don't want to get off into too much of a tangent when it comes to the Titans, but uh, a couple of years ago, whenever the Titans beat the Chiefs in the in the playoffs, it wouldn't have happened if Jonathan Cyprian wouldn't have knocked out Travis Kelsey because he was tearing them yep. up. And then, and then Cyprian knocked Kelsey out, and uh, you know it was a it was kind of a dirty hit, but I mean, you know, it was, it was clean to, for a football sense, but I mean, it, it was it was dirty, you know, it was kind of malicious, I guess. Yes, um, it was maliciously clean, I guess you could say, uh, but yeah. nonetheless. Uh, yeah, I, I mean it's just a uh, tight end. I don't, I don't know. It's uh, it's gotten better over the years, but yeah, you're you're exactly right. Jack Doyle is a another. He's my actually my tight end. I'm starting DFS because I just don't trust my team against tight ends. I just truly do not. Yeah, it's it's unfortunately for them that's the one real issue. They have a solid front seven. They do have a good front line. They do have the ability to stop the run times. But I can honestly say tight ends have given you guys big issues. And, and we've picked on them over the past couple of weeks as well, uh, just by different matchups that they have. Um, so yep. I'd like to then jump to the Monday night game as well with okay. Kyle, Kyle Rudolph. Uh, he's played fantastic over the past couple of games. Uh, he's got five touchdowns. All of those have come with Adam Thielen's sideline. So now they're coming off their bye, and Thielen practiced today, today being Tuesday the 26th, there is a good chance that Thielen plays this week. He's had multiple weeks to, to heal his hamstring. If Thielen does play and he is active, I would stay away from Rudolph because we saw what he did in the first eight games with Thielen active. If Thielen is unable to play and is deemed inactive, then Kyle Rudolph would definitely be a must start this week against the Eagles or against the Eagles, excuse me, against the Seahawks, the other bird. Um, if Thielen is inactive. So inactive Thielen means that go for Rudolph. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, Thielen, I mean, I, I know for a lot of fantasy teams, it would be a great thing for him to be able to start. Uh, if Thielen comes back, is well, let me ask you this. Is, is Stephon Diggs somebody, uh, if you have him, can you, if, if Thielen comes back, I, I guess you can't trust Stephon Diggs, but, uh, if Thielen's not back this week, is he somebody that you maybe can watch out for? Um, I know we're through the wide receivers, but is he somebody you can watch out for in the wide receiver uh, place? He had, he had two really, really down weeks against the Chiefs and the Cowboys, which have been tough teams against opposing wide receivers. Other than that, he posted five, excuse me, six 100-plus yard games in seven weeks. Yeah, he's definitely somebody worth playing this game could easily turn into a quick shootout. Uh, Russell Wilson has been playing phenomenal as well as Kirk Cousins. And when you play against better competition, you tend to show up as well. So I do like Diggs. I would definitely roll Diggs and Thielen this week if active. Um, I'm also liking Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Okay. Yeah, I, the secondary of the Seahawks and the Vikings are just not – I mean, they're not very good. Hey, you know what? A, a year ago, uh, the Monday night football game before the before Thanksgiving, we had the whole we had the shootout between the Rams and the and the uh, Chiefs. Uh, what was that? Fifty one, fifty four, something like that. Yep. I can't I can't exactly remember. Uh, but could we see that again? 
Could we? I, I mean, I, I don't think it'll get up that high, but you know, we might be able to see that in the Seahawks. I would, and yeah, I'd, be happy with a 30, I'd be happy with a 34 28, 34 31. Definitely, there's definitely a lot of potential there, right? And yeah, I definitely think that it could get in 30s, um, at least for one of the two teams, uh, and the other get close to it. But you know, yeah, in the 50s, that would be well. Well, I mean, I guess that would be Patrick Mahomes and uh, and what we thought Jared Goff was. No. Yeah, I mean, both quarterbacks both quarterbacks have had games in the past where they've thrown five touchdowns, so it's not unrealistic. It's not completely impossible. It's just more improbable. Right. You know, we got a good set of uh, we got a, we had a really good set of primetime games this past week. We got a really good set of primetime games this week, uh, and so speaking of the games. Folks, if you'll stick around for just a little bit, Jonathan has agreed to uh, to do the predictions with me this week, and uh, I, I hope he's excited about it. I I know that I I'm always excited about the predictions. But before we get to that, let's uh, we'll finish the fantasy football talk. Uh, was that it for the tight ends? Yeah, I mean, other than that, I would like to touch on a couple of kickers. Both okay. Monday night kickers are definitely somebody that's worth streaming. Uh, Myers as well as Bailey, definitely guys that have put up solid numbers. Um, one matchup that I would definitely like to talk about kicker wise would be, and I can always butcher his name, um, Kaimi Fairbairn uh, for Houston. Fairbairn, Fair I believe that's Fair how you say it, but yeah. So going against the Patriots, there's a good chance that Houston has the ability to move the ball, and, and he's. I believe top four in 50 yarders this year. So he's definitely somebody that if you have a league that gets you five points for 50 plus yarders, take that option. Even though he has a tough matchup, there's a good chance that they still have to find a way to score points. Okay. All right. Well, if that's it, do you have any, do you have any defenses that you would maybe look at? I mean, uh, I guess maybe an Eagles versus uh, Dolphins. I I, I know that you just touched on Devontae Parker and Ryan Fitzpatrick. But now, granted, the Eagles' defense has looked better. Um, I guess you have uh, the Jets' defense. Uh, Jets going against the Bengals, who are going back to Andy Dalton with no A.J. Green. Uh, he's coming off of a four-game stint where they went one and three with Finley, and they scored 13, 10, and 10 points. So I definitely say if the Jets are available, this week would be the option. Uh, the other option, if you can't get those, would be the Packers if they're available against Daniel Jones and the Giants who have struggled as well. Um, would be two defenses that I would look at. I guess the Bengals have decided to, uh, you know, they were like, well, we can, we've locked the number one spot up. We just we just don't want to go 0-16. So they're going to try to do that, I guess, with Andy Dalton. Maybe see if he's got anything left. Uh, to show them maybe they can use that pick on something else besides the quarterback. But I doubt it. It looks like if Joe Burrow's there uh, for the taking, I think they take it. He's an Ohio kid and everything. So, And then at that point they look to move. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see Dalton in, uh, again, Chicago, Denver, one of these other options that really don't have a quarterback at this point moving forward. Yep. All right. So if that's it. Uh, yeah, man. Like, like always. Follow Jonathan on Fantasy Football 101. And a uh, little extra thing today. We'll jump into predictions. Now, Jonathan, how we do this is we just kind of go through games and whatnot. Like, you know, the first game would be Bears-Lions. We just pick it, 
Um, you know, I know a lot of people who listen to this as far as from the fantasy standpoint, they usually just listen to the fantasy part. But it's a little fun thing that we do at the usually at the end. Uh, well, not the end, but uh, usually at the end of the conversations about reviewing the week and previewing the next week, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, the it's a host versus guest. So it's always host, myself, me, moi, uh, versus the guest, whoever that is. Today, that guest would be none other than the fantasy expert himself, Jonathan Nardone. So the get host is 112-64-1 versus 108-70-1. So, Jonathan, you got a four-game... Oh, well, wait. Okay, I don't know. I don't know where I got that at. I got, I got the, uh, <laughs> I got the, uh, anyways, uh, it's either four or five games. Uh, it's five games. It should be five games. I don't know where I got the, uh, anyways, I'll figure it out. I don't know where I'm, yeah, it should be five games. There we go. Okay, so it's 112.65-1 versus 107.70-1. and one. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. My math, I guess, is off. Anyways, Jonathan, nonetheless, we'll go through these. We just pick them, you know, pick a winner. Uh, usually say maybe, a, a you know, just like a, a statement about them or, or something of another. First game on the docket is the, <clears throat> is the first game on Thanksgiving, the uh, appetizer, if, if I may. The Bears versus Lions game. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bears on this one simply because I believe the defense have the opportunity to win it. As mentioned, Driscoll has been sacked six times, and Mack himself leads the league with five forced fumbles. Uh, I I believe they get after Driscoll, and and I don't think the offense wins it for the Bears, but I don't think the offense loses it for the Bears. I do think the, the Bears take the Lions this week. I'm going to agree with that. The Bears' defense just seems like it's just better than the Lions' offense, uh, which that might not be saying a whole lot, but nonetheless. All right, Bills versus Cowboys. In the, I guess you could call this the main course of the day, and then the Saints-Falcons would be the dessert, I assume. But nonetheless, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Cowboys at home. Uh, I believe they bounced back after the week against the Patriots last week where they couldn't get anything going in terrible, terrible weather conditions. I think it's going to be a good game and a close game. Uh, And I think the Bills offense and Josh Allen put up a a solid struggle, but I do go Dak Prescott and the Cowboys this week. You know, I'm feeling a little – I don't know. I'm feeling like both of these teams, neither one of these teams has – have. They don't – neither one of them really have signature wins. I mean, uh, they both really kind of beat up on teams that aren't very good, and that's kind of where they're – kind of where they lie. I mean, the best win for the Cowboys, I, right off the top of my head, I believe is the – I believe their best win is the is the Eagles, I guess, and the best win for the Bills is the Titans. So uh, – and that's just right off the top of my head. <sighs> I'm not sure where I want to go with this. But to be different, I'm going to take the Bills in this game. But Cowboys always play pretty good on uh, they're on on Thanksgiving, and Jason Garrett's probably fighting for his job. But I'll take the Bills to win this one. Saints versus Falcons. Uh, I gotta go, Drew Brees. Even though the Falcons' defense shut him out two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I don't see that happening again. Uh, even hap- even playing in Atlanta, I, they're still Saints are traveling to another dome. 
100% take the Saints this week. Yeah, I think it actually might be a pretty good game. Um, uh, then again, maybe not. I'm going to take the Saints to win it, though. Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore is expected back this week, and Julio Jones has now missed two days of practice. He usually misses Monday, but he did not practice today, being Tuesday, with a shoulder injury. So if he comes in dinged up, there's a good chance that Julio's limited, which would focus Marshawn Lattimore on Julio, which could be a bigger game for Calvin Ridley. Mm, very nice. Very nice. See, we get fantasy football advice. Uh, nonetheless, <laughs> all right, Titans versus Colts. I liked how Tannehill played last week, and if they can keep the game on the game clock on their side, I believe the Titans can pull out a win in this, but I still have to go with the Colts. Uh, Jacoby Brissett has shown that he has the ability with two minutes left down to put his team in the position to win it, even though he's moving a little bit less mobile with that knee injury. Uh, I still like the, the Colts this week. Yeah, I think this game will be really good, and I hope so, uh, as I obviously will have a uh, – will definitely have my eye on it, that's for sure. Uh, the Colts always seem to have the Titans number as much as I don't want them to. Uh, I think that, though, I will say this, I think that if the Titans can go into Indy and and beat the Colts, I think that they literally – I think that they have to be taken serious as a contender, and I think Tannehill may even have to – be taken serious as a contender to uh, stay as the Titans uh, uh, maybe franchise quarterback for the next couple of years. But nonetheless, because I don't know how much I can trust the Titans against the Colts, I'm going to take the Colts in this game as well. 49ers versus Ravens. This should be a great game. Uh, I'm I actually – I, I hate that it's at 1 o'clock, or honestly, I, I really do. I, I, <laughs> But I mean, we do. We still have great primetime games. So oh, I mean, yeah. it's not. We can't trade it for the Patriots Texans, which could be a good game as well, and then the Vikings Seahawks as well. So I mean, we've got we these. This game is definitely going to be one of the most watched one o'clock games. <clears throat> excuse me on Sunday. Um, I'm going Lamar Jackson and the Ravens simply because of the ability that they have to run the ball. And even though the 49ers have that same same ability as well, we've not seen Coleman really establish establish himself after that three touchdown game it's been some Mozart in between and even though Garoppolo has been really well playing really well and on fire I just give the edge to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens at home all right how about the well I'm sorry I gotta say who I, who I pick never mind <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give I'm gonna agree with you I'm gonna take the Ravens in this one I just listen Lamar Jackson uh, that dude looks unstoppable. And even though the 49ers, I think, can slow him down, uh, I don't think they can stop him. And so I'm going to take the Ravens in this game as well. Jets versus Bengals. I'm going with the Jets, who've put up 30-plus in the past two weeks. Um, we talked about Sam Darnold, and we talked about Jamison Crowder. We talked about Robbie Anderson a couple weeks ago about having juicy matchups down the stretch. And Sam Darnold has definitely paid off for owners if they've listened to us about picking him up and rolling with him. Multiple touchdowns in each of the last three games. And now going against the 0-10 or 0-10 Bengals, excuse me. Um, yeah, in this game, I'm going to take the Jets to win it. Uh, last week, I picked the Jets to beat the Raiders. Um, and, well, they definitely didn't disappoint. And I just – I think that they're kind of – I think they're red hot. You know, Sam Darnold, he uh, – 
he he and the Jets believe that they still have a chance at the playoffs, and so they're, I mean, they're going for it. All right, the Browns versus Steelers. I'm going with the Browns this week. Uh, they are who we thought they were. Uh, I mean, they they've definitely played a lot better. They're starting to finally produce offensively that we've hoped that they would do. Uh, and the Steelers are just total question mark across the board. Devlin Hodges, uh, don't like it even at home. I'm going the Browns. Devlin Duck Hodges. i tell you what. Uh, I think he gives them a better chance to win than what, uh, what good old Mason Rudolph would. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to take the Browns in this one. Uh, just like the Jets, I mean, they still are in the playoff hunt, the Browns even more so. Um, and I think they're red hot right now. Their, their schedule's pretty, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty good for them. I think they still have the Ravens one more time. Uh, and then they, they have the Cardinals who could be a sneaky, a sneaky spoiler for them. But nonetheless, uh, I'm going to take the Browns in this game as well. Eagles versus Dolphins. I'm going with the Dolphins this week. I really oh. feel Ryan Fitzpatrick. Really feel Ryan Fitzpatrick upsets the Eagles. Carson Wentz and that receiving core has been a little bit iffy. Uh, they just cut Jordan Matthews. Jeffrey was hurt, as well as Engelar. Uh, we did see Ertz and Goder get a little bit more involved again last week. So the Dolphins' defense has been terrible. We saw last week they actually played fairly well. Uh, would have been a nice little streaming option. Or excuse me, not last week, the week before in week 11. It would have been a nice little streaming <coughs> option. Um, but I'm taking the Dolphins at home against the Eagles. Uh, you know what? I think the Eagles, they just can't mess up and they can't, they can't lose this game. I'm going to have to take the Eagles in this one. Redskins versus Panthers. <clears throat> I like Kyle Allen this week at home. Uh, to bounce back, had a bad week last week, rough week last week. Um, and even though DJ Moore and Samuel have been a huge factor in the passing game, it's still McCaffrey. And the Redskins have struggled to contain running backs. So I'm taking the Panthers at home. All right. I'm going to take – I'm going to take the Panthers in this one as well. Uh, I just don't think that Dwayne Haskins will have anything to be excited about taking selfies and whatnot with fans um, after this game. Packers versus Giants. I'd like to say the Giants at home, but I'm seeing Aaron Rodgers kind of redeem himself. Uh, Last week was a rough week against the 49ers, and they just could not get anything on track. Devontae Adams is definitely a must-start this week against the Giants secondary. They have been absolutely terrible against number one wide receivers. So I really do believe Rodgers has a solid game this week. So I'm taking Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay definitely knows how to handle themselves more in cold weather than they do in warm weather, apparently. So I'm going to take the Packers to win this game as well. Aaron Rodgers, a little up and down. I mean, he's kind of still in the MVP conversation. But, uh, you know, if if he wasn't against – if he wasn't against California teams, uh, probably would still be in the MVP conversation. But nonetheless, um, yeah, I'm going to take the Packers in this one. Buccaneers versus Jaguars. If it was Gardner Minshew starting, I would probably say the Jaguars. But since Nick Foles has returned, he looked terrible. Um, they've Last week, they finally got back to running the ball with Fournette, which is great for fantasy owners. But defenses looked shoddy. 
since getting rid of Jalen Ramsey. And now they're going against Winston, who we know can throw the ball out. And with Bruce Arians, there's a good chance for 303 touchdowns. So uh, I'm going to go the Buccaneers this week. Uh, you know what? I think that this could be a shootout. I really do. Uh, but Nick Foles, I mean, he needs a – I mean, I don't know what's up with Nick Foles. I mean, now granted, they're, they're a rival team, so I, I – you know, it's not real big. Uh, but I just – you know what? I'm going to take the Jaguars in this one, mostly just to be different. But I, this could be a toss-up, and, and neither team is making the playoffs, that's for sure. And so, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Jaguars in this one. And I guess the Jaguars are still kind of in it, but uh, still. Uh, Rams versus Cardinals. Uh, Jared Goff has played so bad, and even though he's got a great matchup against the Cardinals, I'm still taking Murray at home to beat the Rams, who have struggled not only offensively but defensively. So, I like Arizona this week. I think that we could probably say this is maybe the upset of the week, as I'm going to take the Cardinals to win this game, too. I just – honestly, I think the Cardinals are the third-best team in the NFC West. And uh, uh, with the way the Rams are playing, um, they're not showing me that I'm wrong. The Raiders versus Chiefs. Chiefs at home. Derek Carr has been benched twice this year because of the team being blown out, because of the Raiders being blown out. Last week being the Jets, or two weeks ago being the Jets. No, last week he got blown out. As two weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago as well. So yeah, I'm going Patrick Mahomes this week. Yeah, I'm gonna agree yeah. with you, uh, Derek Carr. You know he's had a he's not had a bad season, but uh, you know blowouts aren't gonna make John Gruden want to keep you as your as the quarterback, and it's not gonna keep the playoff hopes alive either. And so I'm gonna take the Chiefs here. The Chiefs they need to they need to show that they are the dominant team that they once were um, over the AFC West. So, Chargers versus Broncos. I'm actually going to take Phillip Rivers going into mile high. Brandon Allen has not played that well um, for the Broncos since taking over for Joe Flacco. Um, It's definitely something that I've seen the Broncos struggle to run the ball. Uh, Phillip Lindsay's only had one real good game in the past five weeks as well. I feel like the Chargers have more of an offensive, uh, better offensive chance to be able to produce points against the Broncos' defense, who should be on the field quite often. All right. Uh, yeah, you know, the I, I kind of feel like this is a game where the Chargers, Phillip Rivers, they need to get right in. Uh, and so I'm going to take the Chargers in this game too. Um, I know I have a I, – I know a guy uh, in a fantasy league of mine who he needs the Chargers to – just below the roof off of the place in in Denver because, uh, yeah, he's got – I think he's got Melvin Gordon, Hunter Henry, uh, Keenan Allen. And so, yeah, he just needs it to be a big, big day. Anyways, Patriots, Texans. It should be a great game to watch, uh, at least that we're hoping so, depending on how Deshaun Watson shows up. Um it could be a real struggle for Tom Brady if Watson shows up on a good game. Uh, we've seen Brady struggle to keep with other teams that can jump out to an early lead. So I'm actually going to go Houston this week at home. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, you know, as much as it pains me to say, I think the Texans definitely can beat the Patriots, but... 
I'm going to take the Patriots here. I just feel more comfortable with them. I mean, the Texans, yes, Deshaun Watson, he's a great quarterback. He's a, he's a great player, but he just – he doesn't – I don't know. I, I just feel like the Patriots can, can definitely stop him, and he's not looked amazing the last couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the – I'm going to take the Patriots to win this game. Last but not least, the Vikings versus Seahawks, a game that uh, I think is very interesting and, honestly, a game that could – I mean, you know, this could uh, this could be like playoff position in the wild card, playoff position in the um, in you know, the old just playoff position altogether. Uh, because both teams look like they're going to make the playoffs, uh, uh, but nonetheless, um, yeah, I mean, Vikings versus Seahawks. This game has the highest appeal for touchdowns compared to the Saints and Falcons game, which, again, could be one of those or 49ers-Ravens games, one of those six touchdowns combined type of a thing between mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson. Um, both quarterbacks have played great. Both defenses have not. Uh, Vikings defense has definitely played better than the Seahawks this year, but still nothing to be afraid of. I'm going to personally go Russell Wilson and the MVP candidate at home against the Vikings this week. All right. I guess I will take man. I I you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Vikings. I just something about the Seahawks. They just didn't look that great last week and maybe it's the maybe it's the Eagles defense playing better. I don't know. But either way, I'm gonna take the Vikings. I'm gonna take Kirk Cousins getting himself a another signature win um on uh on a primetime game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, do you, you like, like that? that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jonathan, as always, I appreciate you coming on and talking a little fantasy football and then uh, a little predictions as well. It, it, it gives the folks a little insight on, uh, you know, your football knowledge outside of fantasy football. That's always good, right? Yeah, man. I thank you so much for having me. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy and remember to always yell louder than the other guy or girl. Exactly. All right, Jonathan, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, buddy. You have a good one. All right, folks, as usual, it is time to talk a little college football, shall we? All right. So I want to, I just want to, you know, kind of go over the uh, college football rankings and then kind of give my thoughts. The college football rankings, Ohio State jumped LSU to become number one. LSU is number two, Clemson is number three, and Georgia is number four. Listen, I still don't understand why Georgia is number four. Because I know that Georgia has a better has a better strength of schedule and everything. I get that. I do. But you lose to a team like South Carolina. Bama lost to a team like LSU. I just believe that Bama should be ahead of Georgia. I mean, what's it matter? Bama's at five, and in order for Georgia to get into the college football playoff, they have to beat LSU. So, but nonetheless, I think that that's how it'll work out. Now, Bama plays Auburn this weekend in the Iron Bowl, and that's going to decide a whole lot, in my opinion. I mean, because if Auburn wins that, uh, 
then it opens the door for teams like a Utah or a uh, Oklahoma or a Baylor. Uh, it it opens doors for them or maybe even a Georgia to get back in um, if they happen to still lose to LSU. Nonetheless, uh, I look at it like this. And I say this as good as it possibly can. As great as... I believe that... I'm not a Bama fan at all. I just believe that they do deserve to be in the top four. And if they beat Auburn, I believe they deserve to be in the playoffs more than Utah, more than Oklahoma. I, I mean, I just do. I If you put Alabama in the Pac-12, they run wild. If you put them in the Big 12, they'd run wild there too. I just, I don't know. Um... I'm not trying to sound biased towards the SEC, but it's just how it is. Anyways, all right, so that's how I'd put it. I, I think they're fine, except for uh, I'd put Bama over Georgia, so just swap them two. Um, but nonetheless, the games that we have on the docket for this for this coming week for this week. You got Mississippi State versus Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl tomorrow night. Um, that would be, this is, or not tomorrow night, I'm sorry, um, <laughs> Thursday night. And uh, they play, this This should be a good game. It should be. Uh, hopefully, uh, Mississippi State um, uh, ha- has to win this game in order to be bowl eligible. So uh, there is something to play for here. And also, I mean, it's the Egg Bowl. You want to win that, right? I would assume. You got Texas Tech versus Texas. Should be an interesting game. Virginia Tech versus Virginia. It's rivalry week, right? I mean, it's, it's one of the best weeks of college football. That's for sure. You got number 19, Iowa versus Nebraska. Cincinnati versus Memphis. Boise State versus Colorado State. App State versus Troy. You got Tennessee taking on the Vanderbilt Commodores. Can they continue to can they continue on their hot streak? Can they uh they've solidified a bowl game? Can they now end the uh, losing streak that they've had to Vanderbilt? I want to jump back to this um number 18 Cincinnati at number 17 Nebraska. I want to jump back to that. Or Memphis, I'm sorry. Not Nebraska. Um listen, this is uh this is gonna be a really good game. A really good game. And uh, I'm actually really interested. Um I I don't live too far from Memphis and I'm actually really interested in maybe going to this game. I truly am. I'm not going to, but I'd be I'm really interested in doing so. Uh, nonetheless. So, Cincinnati takes on Memphis. Should be a really good game. I'm excited to catch it on Friday. These are all games on Friday. Tennessee, I mentioned the Tennessee game. That's actually, that doesn't happen until Saturday. Um, Don't know really why I brought that up now. Anyways, number three, Clemson. They take on South Carolina. Uh, Clemson, 
They need to take care of business in that game. South Carolina already upset. Uh, number four, Georgia. So Clemson, hey, better watch out, right? <laughs> well, maybe not, but uh, still. I think Clemson should be able to take them. But then again, thought Georgia would take them too. The, one of the biggest games of the week is number two, Ohio State versus number 10, Michigan. They're going to be in the big house. This is a game everybody's going to have their eyes on, eyes peeled to this game, and it should be a magnificent game. Um, I'm going to take Ohio State to win this game, but I think Michigan can put up a really good fight. Georgia takes on Georgia Tech. Wisconsin taking on Minnesota. The winner of this game will go to the Big Ten Championship to take on the winner of, you guessed it, Ohio State and Michigan. I believe that the, that that's how it is. I think Ohio State, well, yeah, Ohio State and Michigan. Michigan number 10 on the year. Uh, you know, it'd be some weird stuff. What if Wisconsin beats Minnesota? Michigan beats Ohio State. Michigan beats Wisconsin. Georgia loses to LSU. Utah loses. Alabama loses to Auburn. Yo, is there a, is there a path for Michigan to get in? Uh, maybe. You never know. Number 11, Baylor taking on Kansas. The Less miles led Kansas. Uh, listen, hey, you never know. I Baylor should be able to handle them just fine, but uh, I guess you just never know. Rutgers versus number twelve Penn State. Uh, yeah, Penn State should uh win this game. That's for sure. Number five Alabama taking on number sixteen Auburn. This game is one that we should be keeping our eyes on the Iron Bowl. Can Mac Jones get his first signature win as a starter for the Alabama Crimson Tide? We'll see. We will see. I, I'll take. I'm going to take Alabama to win this game, but uh, we'll definitely see. Number fifteen Notre Dame. Notre Dame taking on Stanford. Oregon State taking on number fourteen Oregon. Oregon definitely needs to bounce back and uh, should be able to. But then again, you probably said the same thing last week. When they took on Arizona State, probably thought "Eh, they should be able to handle them, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, well, we saw what happened. Number 24, Navy, taking on Houston. Texas A&M taking on number one, LSU. This game went to, I believe, seven overtimes last year with Texas A&M taking the victory. This game should be a good one. It it really I think it I think it will be a good one. I think LSU will let will let Texas A and M score. Uh, will let Kelly Mon and Texas A and M score more points than maybe what they should. I definitely take LSU to win this game. But Texas A and M, what a hard schedule that they've had. They've had a very rough schedule. Um, and yeah, Colorado taking on number six Utah. Utah needing to assert dominance over Colorado, that's for sure. Florida State taking on number eight, Florida. Uh, I don't know, you know, how much of a path there is for Florida to get into the into the playoff, but uh, I'm sure that they, uh, I know a few Florida fans, and I'm sure that they have went over the scenarios a million times in their head. 
Anyways, number seven, Oklahoma versus number 21, Oklahoma State. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma, listen, I think that this is a game where I think Oklahoma State can actually stick with the Sooners. And um, listen, the Cowboys, I don't expect them to win. I expect the Sooners to win this game, but... If you want to stick around, I'd definitely check this game out. Arizona taking on the red-hot Arizona State. California versus UCLA. And then Army versus Hawaii in the final game. That's always a fun game. Um, I always get up the next morning. I want to look at highlights because in my time zone, it starts at 1130. Yeah, nope. Not going to be up to watch that. But, hey, uh, maybe you will be. Who knows? Who knows, right? Anyways, I, I'm sorry. Ohio State will be in the Big Ten Championship. I don't know. It's not like they won't be. I'm sorry. So even if they lose to Michigan, they're still in the Big Ten Championship. So I think if they lose to Michigan, that they could still potentially get into the playoff as long as they win the Big Ten Championship. But hey, we will. We will see. And by the way, next week is a big-time week. We got championship galore next week. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. And, by the way, folks, uh, the next week after that, week 16, is, of course, Army versus Navy. Uh, In what is my favorite game of the year, one of my favorite games of the year, Uh, I always love that game. Uh, it's definitely a great game to catch up on and watch uh, if you get around to it. Anyways, folks, that is your college football talk of the week. Last but not least is the news from around the sports world. Mr. David Blau, quarterback David Blau, if that's how you say Blow Blau, however you want to say it, will start in place of quarterback Jeff Griskell on Thanksgiving against the Chicago Bears. This should be super interesting. Glad I picked the Bears to win this game. That's for sure. Anyways, hey, you never know. Maybe he's uh he could be the he could be the next uh Tom Brady or something. I mean Tom Brady was drafted, but hey, you never know, right? He could be the next uh Kurt Warner, I guess you could say. Um Earl Thomas is out here and uh, Earl Thomas uh says the Ravens will be in the Super Bowl. And uh, basically saying that uh, that if the 49ers, who they're playing this week, want to see them again, they'll have to make the Super Bowl. Um, so Earl Thomas believes the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens, will be in the Super Bowl. And honestly, I mean, at this point, why would you disagree? Uh, you just never know. So... Um, yeah, uh, apparently another big thing in the NFL uh, is the Patriots. Um, apparently eight missed practice uh, with the Patriots today because of the flu. Um, that's crazy. Uh, they play the Houston Texans on Sunday night, and uh, you got to hope that they will be good and healthy, or uh, we might have an upset. Oh, All right, so the biggest news is uh, the shocking win by Stephen F. Austin. 
Uh, they beat number one Duke. Listen, this is amazing. What a what an amazing game. I, I love upsets. I, I truly do. I, I am a huge fan of upsets, and I'm a big fan of March Madness. And you'll see that when March Madness comes around, I'll probably have a big show about it. Anyways, I just, I love it. I really do. I, I just, I love upsets. I love March Madness. I love, I love college basketball because that's where you really see a lot of upsets happen. Anyways, so, uh, because of that, um, Stephen F. Austin's, uh, Nate Bain, Nathan Bain, um, he, uh, he has a, a GoFundMe set up in order to, uh, help, um, his family uh, rebuild from Hurricane, Dor- Hurricane Dorian, um, and uh, apparently there was a there's a lot of money that's been raised so far for that, and uh, that's amazing. I, it's just it really is. It's amazing, and um, I love it when people come together. And um, hey, I don't know uh, if you're if you're like me, you love it when Duke falls. And uh, but hey, that's uh, the most unbiased take I have. Might be the most biased take I've taken all game, all show long. Anyways, congrats to Stephen F. Austin. Hopefully, this helps them get into the play and get into the tournament. And uh, you never know; they may say Duke again. And that's going to do it for another edition of the Golden Point Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Foster, and I ask that you like and follow us on Facebook at Golden Point Sports. And as always, I hope you have a great and blessed day.